This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. In 2022, I've been inspired by Alan Wilson to write a little ditty. So here goes, stood in the kitchen, trying to make one up off the spot. With five at the back, something we lack, but three in attack, and the points are coming back to Mansfield. Ish, I'm sure Alan will give me an accurate assessment of my ditty writing as we head into the show. It's the final one of 2022, and Mansfield Town end the year with victory up in Hartlepool, although for 45 minutes, it looked like the Stags were going to get absolutely nothing with that five at the back, where they did so lack. But with three up front in attack, Mansfield fought back, and thanks to goals from Reese Oates and Ollie Hawkins, <laughs> who'd have thought playing a striker up front actually would work. Oh yeah, me and everybody else. The Stags brought back all three points. Coming up on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast, the final one of 2022, we'll reflect on the three points gained at Hartlepool, the one-all draw at home on Boxing Day with Northampton Town and the year in general. 2022 has had its ups, its downs. In fact, if you applied, you'd say it's been an upsy-downsy sort of year. As always, come and get involved in the comments and have your say on your team and let us know your thoughts on the calendar year in general. We'll have a little bit of fun and have a little bit of tongue-in-cheek talking about uh, all things Mansfield Town and why a Player of the Year vote should include every single player to appear for the club in the calendar year and not just this season's squad. I know both me and Clive have got gripes on that one. And we might try and have a little bit of fun in between as well. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. And as always, we want you to get involved in the comments on the live feed. Right, that's enough of the ditties. It's turned a little bit, insert your own word. Let's get on with the show. As I press this button, it's big, it's green, and it says the word, go!
From unbeaten sequences and riding the wave to Wembley, to heartbreak and to new squads and to new beginnings, Mansfield Town have had one hell of an upsy-downsy ride in 2022. And yet there's more to come just around the corner as a new year is about to dawn. We've ended the year on a high thanks to a come-from-behind victory at Hartlepool last night. Reese Oates and Ollie Hawkins on the score sheet. That's what happens when you play strikers in striking positions. More on that later on in the show, but firstly, welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever it is you're watching or listening to this. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for sticking with us throughout this calendar year. Let's make it a special one. Join me, Craig Priest, to talk all things Mansfield Town uh, this evening. Let's say hello and good evening uh, to Mr Clive Parking. Good, good evening. Hello, Craig. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Let's say hello to the voice of the stakes, Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening, uh, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And let's say hello to my neighbour, who I'm actually nowhere near at the minute because I've gone back to my dad's. It's Nick of MTFC Shirts fame, who seems to have another array of Mansfield shirts on display for us tonight. Evening. Hi, Craig. Hi, everyone. So, Nick, we're going to start with you. I think we're on the same wavelength and I think what you've done on your shirt rail tonight is quite possibly pick four or five shirts from 2022. Yes. I've, I've gone for a theme now. I've started going for themes, I've decided. Uh, yeah, I've, I've just picked a... That one is... Uh, you see that one? There we go. Is that in there somewhere? There Mr. Yeah, Mr. Quinn. Yeah, it's yeah. Quinn, Barry, Step, Perch and O'Toole. So, yeah, I've just gone for a... Tw I, I, I've gone with your uh, statement about players in a player of the year vote should allow for players who have played during that year. Um, I've uh, taken that 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 um, that argument up. So yeah, just just a few from this year, really. Very good work. I had full faith that you'd uh, you'd pick shirts from uh, from one in this calendar year, and I'm sure we'll delve into those a little bit later on. As always, come and have your say in your team uh, on your team, should I say, in the comments and uh, get involved with the show. Uh, tonight, well, let's start with the most recent results. Festive fixtures, Alan. Four points over the festive period. A one-all draw with Northampton, which really, if it wasn't for a piece of uh, iffy defending again, should have been all three. And then a come-from-behind victory last night at Hartlepool. Pleased with the festive return? I am pleased. But like you said, it should have been six. Definitely should have been six. We worked tremendously hard on Saturday, on Boxing Day, not Saturday, on Boxing Day, trying to get the win. We were nearly there, all, all but there. And then obviously the lapse in concentration yet again, albeit a very good finish, but it shouldn't have got that far. And then last night, cracking uh, result, you know, a cracking fight back and two superb goals. It was a cracking result and a cracking fight back last night, Clive. But at half time, we were sort of spitting feathers. We were sort of pulling our hair out. I think we'd almost reached crisis point because again it, it wasn't pretty the first half it was very timid and uh, a tactical change at half time Nigel Clough surely must have had a microphone on our little conversation because he did exactly what we said worked wonders and uh, we, we come away with three points feeling a little bit jolly but uh, as much as that's a great feeling Clive it, it, it's one which we shouldn't let overshadow how poor we were again in the first half yeah, there's a there's an element of painting over the cracks here, I think, because the first half was dire. I mean, we, we played, we underplayed against a poor team, and we allowed them to get a goal. It was slightly fortunate their goal, but nevertheless, they went in at half time one nil up. We couldn't complain because I don't think we troubled them at all. Um, 
And, you know, there was a deathly silence when the half-time whistle blew. I mean, it was all on not for some fans, not us, not to boo them because it was such a disappointing turnout. Second half, they obviously listened, they obviously read the text in the dressing room that I sent them on your behalf that said, for fuck's sake, play three up front. And uh, <laughs> and they, they did, and we, we got a very quick goal two minutes into the second half. Um, and it was a, it was fabulous that it should be the uh, should be Oates who scored it because it was against his old team and had been getting loads of stick from their fans. Um, and the uh, the second goal, which actually won us the game, was a, a nice rarity because it was a centre forward playing in a centre forward position, um, and uh, we got the reward for it. And he doesn't score that many with his feet, so I was really pleased about that. But I think overall, if we'd have adopted the same strategy in the first half as we did in the second half, two things would have happened. We'd have put them to the sword and we'd have had fewer injuries because we'd have played a different type of football. And we've come away yeah. with points and four injuries, which means four players who won't be turning out on um, on Sunday, which is really frustrating because we, without going into it again, the, the shallowness of our squad can't afford too many injuries. Yeah, we'll touch upon the transfer window opening uh, later on in the show because, of course, with a new year does uh, dawn an opportunity for a checkbook. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on the festive period results? Um, I think the, the Northampton game, um, I, th I think if we'd have just held on, it would have been the perfect result. We didn't play particularly well, um, but then I don't think they looked much better than us. Maybe they didn't get out of second or third gear, I'm not sure, but... If we'd have held on for those three points, I think it would have been a fantastic result. Um, like Alan said, it's tinged with a little bit of disappointment, really, because you think we could have got the six. Um, last night, again, disagree with anything Clive said. We've It does paper over the cracks a little bit because we've come out with three points and we probably didn't deserve to based on the first half. But maybe seen sense that the second half team is the way to go. I don't know. Um, but four, four out of six, I suppose you wouldn't complain if it was the other way around. Maybe if we'd have beaten Northampton and, and maybe then nicked a point away, I don't know. But you know, you'd, you'll take four out of six, I suppose, is better than better than what it could have been, sort of some of our predictions before the Northampton game. Um, but yeah, it's papering over the cracks a little bit. We, we do need to do some business soon, I think. Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, Alan, it is papering over the cracks. And it, it's weird because at half-time, me, Clive, uh, Chris, who sits with us at, at the game, and, and Mark, who was next to us as well, we're all sort of having a discussion between us and sort of saying... We cannot continue like this because every time we line up, you know, we had a, a good lineup on paper. We're thinking, you know, we're really going to go for this. But every time we line up with the five, we go side to side. We seem timid. We seem scared. And then at the end of the game, we were saying the complete opposite. We had fire in us. We had flair. We had attack. We had desire, pace to run. I think it is now time, isn't it, for Nigel Clough to say, you know, hold his hands up and say, Playing the, the, the back five was an experiment because of what teams did last season, Alla Port Vale, Bristol Rovers a little bit, Forest Green Rovers as well. It doesn't work for us. It's not worked with us because of where we are. We are now going to settle on this and this is the way forward. It, there's no time left, is the out, to continually flip the coin and see whether it lands on heads or tails. We, we've seen what works. We've seen what doesn't. So it's logic which says we now go with what works. Well, I, I, I hope you're right. And I hope Nigel starts to uh, think like that as well. It's in my opinion, when I saw the team yesterday, I was quite disappointed. I knew Aikens would be playing where, it, where he did play to start with. 
And I just yeah. thought, you know, we, we can do better than this. We've got chances to do better than this, such as Ollie Clark didn't play for the last two games or so, two or three games for whatever reason, comes on running about like a bull in the china shop and pulls his calf because he's trying to, you know, make sure he gets in, stays in the team, if you like. And I think that's uh, quite true for one or two of them. You know, either pulling things or, you know, going in hard where perhaps maybe they wouldn't normally if they were playing and, you know, playing the correct game, playing in the correct position. And I agree with some of the comments. When he brought Lapsley on and plays Lapsley where we like Lapsley to play, they just look yeah. a different side, Craig. You know, and it, it's just, it's, you know, chalk and cheese, isn't it? Something's got to give and it's got to give soon. I honestly could not believe the difference. You know, we make a couple of substitutions through necessity and injuries. We change shape and it is completely different. It is like watching two teams and that's baffling where we are at this uh, stage of the season. Uh, let's delve into some of your uh, comments then and see uh, where we are. As always, uh, come and have your say on your team. If I gloss over a few of them, it's because they're similar or we've already covered that point in the show. But please do uh, keep them coming in and don't forget to interact with us on social media as well. Uh, Roger says it's definitely all to play for after the ups and downs. Adam says Northampton, I was four minutes from getting double points on the predictions. Hashtag gutted. Then couldn't <laughs> hope for a second goal as Alan would have doubled up. Mixed midfield emotions. Stop thinking about that because honestly, after the uh, two fixtures, it has changed dramatically. More on that yeah. later on. Uh, Roger says the Northampton game was not was not pretty, but Stags nearly pulled off a great result. Pinnock puts a great cross in and Hoskins buried a brilliant finish. Hoskins, striker, that's the joker in their pack. Uh, Richard says, played three up fronts um, against Hartlepool and Lapsley in central midfield in a roaming role. Suddenly, Lapsley is creating and Hawkins is winning headers in the right areas and getting on the end of crosses. We need a tall, pacey defender so Hawkins can go up front. Oates and Swan's pace will cause defenders problems. And with Hawkins' height, he will win a fair share of knockdowns. Let's stay on that point, Clive, because that's one of the things we were talking about a lot last night. You know, last season, we've, we've spoken about it in dribs and drabs. Last season, it was a necessity for Ollie Hawkins to play centre-half. And we didn't necessarily need him up top. It's become apparent this season that the opposite is now true. He doesn't need to be playing centre-half. You've got O'Toole scratching his hair, thinking... I need to get my hair caught. I mean, I, I need to uh, I need to do something to get back in the side. Perch, up until last night, thinking, what have I got to do uh, to get a start? Cal Gordon, uh, another one as well, that we've got so many options back there that we don't necessarily need him. He goes up front with Will Swan, a hungry young striker, one side. Reese Oates, a striker who's still young, still hungry, coming back for, from injury, the other side. And all of a sudden... You've got a six-foot-something centre-forward, winning flick-ons left, right and centre, and two pacey men who can spread the game and take shots and take defenders on, and it completely changes the game. When he's on the team sheet now for me, Clive, the only position that he can be playing is attacking and not defensive. Because likewise, we saw a little bit last night, didn't we? We got the goal, two one up, and with eight to ten minutes left, he drags him back, and all of a sudden we're on the ropes again because we have no outlay. He is the outlay. I think it's Clough's natural disposition is to defend a small advantage or to avoid at any price conceding and therefore not getting the point you start with. It's so negative in my opinion. I don't profess to be as experienced as he is as a football manager. I have to respect that. But 
I'm not on my own. We can see that our best formation is really the one that he prefers. And playing three with two wing-backs relies on really good people doing their job properly, reliably. And we've, we've, we've leaked goals consistently playing that format. Not just this season, but in last season as well. Therefore, if you're going to play that, you've got to have the confidence to score at the other end. And that's where it's fallen down. And the games we've lost with by the odd goal, it's, it's frustrating. Um, so, you know, it was a breath of fresh air when they came out and played a 4-3-3. But I, th I think it was under sufferance. I don't think he got any choice. Otherwise, he'd have found a reason not to do it. I mean, his preferred method is to have one striker and someone sat behind him. So, there's one and a half. We like double that. And uh, and certainly, you wouldn't want to, to put um, Ollie Hawkins up there on his own because he needs some fast legs around him. And last night, last night in the second half, he had just that. He had uh, Oates and um, Swan. I thought Swan had a really good game, actually. Um, his contribution to the game was uh, not to be ignored. Um, the headlines are going to go to the two goal scorers, I'm sure. And I think one of them, on merit, wins the man of the match, which I think is Ollie Hawkins. Um, mm. And I, I don't give that that plaudit away very easily where Ollie's concerned because he normally plays well and then gives some stupid thing away. But he didn't last night. But uh, I've forgotten what your question was now, but it seemed like a, <laughs> seemed like a fortnight ago. But, <laughs> but yes, the... the, the <coughs> If I had my way, in a very simple world where Clive's rules are always very simple, four-three-three every time. One of the things something said someone said to me last night, Nick, was uh, well, someone asked me, "Do you think that our hand is being forced to play the five at the back with wing backs because we're overloaded with midfielders?" There's a bit of that. I think the main reason Clough plays five at the back is because he doesn't trust the defenders that he's got. He clearly doesn't trust O'Toole because he never plays him. Perch comes on for 10 minutes and looks like, you know, he, he plays like me. He's been terrible when he's come on. And I think the, and it's very much the Southgate last year of England factor is he didn't trust that he had enough good English centre-backs, so he just played three of them because he thought, well, at least if I've got an extra one there, it might be a bit better. But we look so much better with four. Um, and I think that the, the five, is the midfield bit I get, he does always like to play three in that centre of midfield. But with the 4 through 3 he could do that. So it's an excuse to a point, but I think he could still do it. The main point for me is that if you were, uh, if you put yourself in the shoes of an opposing centre-half, would you rather have Reese Oates up there on his own to deal with? Or would you, ra you, know, or would you rather have Hawkins, Swan, who's got the best or second best goals to get a uh, minutes ratio in the league, and Reese Oates? You know, you'd snap your hand off if you just saw the team sheet and, and you just had Oates up front on his own. You know, I think sometimes we don't we don't realise how actual competent we are going forward, and the better we when we attack, we play a lot better. Um, but yeah, I, I can't quite understand that. I, I think it is just because he doesn't trust the defence. You know, you take Hawkins out of there, and he doesn't trust what's left apart from Harbottle. I don't think he trusts them. That's a good point, Alan. Because you know, whenever Harbottle's fit, he's sort of in there and just sort of solidify it, ding ding, uh, a little bit. But if he doesn't trust the defence, then you know, why is he not or why has he not previously um, delved into the transfer window? I think we might have a lot of questions answered over the next uh, four or five weeks. Well, hopefully, because you said in the interview uh, last night, didn't you, that, you know, it got three, it was pursuing three targets 
you know, and now Gail is injured for six weeks as well. You know, that's obviously, I don't know what will be happening to him because he can't go out on loan, obviously. So he's got to be careful in that respect. So whether other people, you know, would put somebody else out instead of him, maybe Jimmy Knowles or, you know, Law, whoever. But if he's got three targets in, you know, in his mind, let's just hope two of them are defenders and somebody that's quite, you know, quick. Let's delve into some more comments. Stag's chat says, these experiments we're trying obviously don't work. Keep the team in the second half uh, of yesterday and uh, correct that. I actually, I completely agree. I think if we play that 11, that started the second half, maybe with one or two tweaks, aka Aikens not at right back, because that was the only thing last night which feared me when they came forward because he drifted too far central. We, we got caught a lot down that side. Get a natural right back there and bring in a, a centre half, and I think we'll we'll be absolutely fine with that eleven. That's there. We'll actually do some damage. Um, yeah, I think I think I agree with that comment. I think we'll we'll be all right. I think we'll actually start to see a much better trajectory than what we're getting uh, at the moment. Uh, question from Simon: uh, Are we rushing players back too soon after injury due to the small squad? We seem to have a lot of injuries. Some haven't fully recovered. Uh, E.g. McLaughlin. What do you make of that one, Clive? I think there's some truth in that. Um, it all comes back to the size of the squad. Um, and I also have to question the uh, the training regime because I love our players seem so brittle. I've said this before, and perhaps I'm being unfair. But, you know, I, I, some of our players seem to take to their sick beds very quickly. And, and I, I just wonder whether we need a couple of more tougher nuts in the squad. You know, there should be players that you can drive a tank over and they get up and dust themselves off and, and get on with the game. But we don't seem to have that at the moment. Uh, probably Quinny, but even, you know, Quinny is just full of positive assertiveness. And I think if you could bottle some of that and spread it around the other players, that'd be good. But, um, yeah, the injury thing is a real problem. There's no question about that. Whether the injuries are justified or not, it's not for me to say. But we cannot afford to have half a dozen players out, half a dozen key players as well unavailable to us it's just ridiculous and I mean, whilst you can say you can't do anything about injuries what you can do something about is having some cover in place yeah and that starts uh you know on uh, on new year's day when the transfer window opens nick but don't expect We've too said... much in january lads just well, really do well, not... well absolutely that's what i was just going to come on to i think uh one thing for me nick is you know we have run on a threadbare squad and nigel Clough's sort of plug plug gaps do you think he'll be Getting on the phone to the chairman, uh, knocking on David Sharp's door and saying, look, I need to to, to, to make my squad bigger. Or do you think he, Nigel Clough is genuinely happy with it? What, if, you were trying to, if you were trying to read between the lines, would you say that it's Clough that is happy with what he's got? Or would you say it's a restriction of from the top, this is what you're working with, like it or lump it? I would assume there's a budget to work to in some form where he has to work to it. But I, from his interviews, I get the feeling that he wants a one-in-one-out. I think he's happy with the size of his squad. I, I never get the impression that he's, you know, he's certainly not a, a Holdsworth or a Cox where you've got 29 players. I think he, he likes his small squad because I don't think he likes players to be on the periphery. Look at Danny Johnson. I mean, he was playing minutes, but he was saying he wasn't playing enough. And I don't think Clough likes that constant nagging of players who he can't play every week. So I get the feeling that this this window, we may even see a one-in, one-out. I can't see him bringing three players in and no one leaves. And then, mm. like, the players that on the periphery, a lot of them are injured. So Wallace isn't going to go anywhere. You know, Gale isn't going anywhere. 
I've got a feeling you might look at play. I mean, I don't know where I've got this thought from. But players like Bowery, he just seems to have gone off him completely recently. Yeah. Um, you know, if he isn't playing, is he going to be gone? But I can't see Clough bringing three players and not having two or three going out the same way. Uh, I really can't. I, I just don't think he likes big squads. That's a policy we've seen a little bit, Alan, when you sort of think back, especially this sort of season, from the back end of last season to this season, you've got Murphy, um, Longstaff, um, Steck went out, Bishop went out. And what we've what we've done is we, we haven't really gone, we'll bring four in and then a couple more to bolster it. It is, like Nick says, it has literally been like for like, one for one. And personally, for me, I don't think that policy has worked or will continue to work. I think we need to ad- address that and and make that change uh, and make that change in this window. I think it all depends who his targets are, Craig, and what positions they are playing in. I think is we'll probably need another, maybe need another striker. We know he's going to need another defender, and whether it's possibly a right back who's somebody who's quite competent at right back because Kel Gordon is very good going forward. But I think his defensive qualities sometimes let him down. Aikens is definitely not a right back. His place is up front where it belongs, you know, because he can hold the ball up. I mean, against Northampton, we were crying out for Aikens to play. Somebody actually holding the ball up, you know, because it was coming straight back every time. So, you know, it, it all depends who his targets are. And I think I'm, I'm in the same mind as uh, Nick. If he brings one in one will have to go out or two and two, you know, however it decides to work it. But it all depends, you know, he's got his finger on the pulse. Let's see what happens, if anything happens. Let's delve into some more comments. Keeler <laughs> says, second half last night worked, but worried about Aikens at the back, but he did he did good. Hawkins defo up front with Swan and Oates is the way forward. Uh, Fire says, the highlight of the year was Chesterfield not getting promoted. Uh, there's more highlights than that, but I'll agree anyway. Uh, Darren says, great second half last night. Change when Hawkins went up front. Uh, was a great following from the fans. Um, let's have a little look what else we've got as well. Uh, someone was asking about Johnson, um, whether or not we'll sign to Warsaw. We'll see in the window. He's low until the 15th of January. He can't play against us on New Year's Day. He won't play in a Mansfield shirt, in my opinion, whilst Nigel Clough is Mansfield manager. Uh, make of that what you will. Uh, Roger says, I cannot see much changing in January. No large-scale changes. Uh, Richard says, Wallace injury is there as a surprise. Not played a full 90 minutes for Stags yet. Um I think he has. They did, I, don't, well, I don't know. It might, I might be wrong. He might have played one lot of 90 minutes, but he's very much a bit part player. I'll defend Wallace there. He's not a player that's going to come in and play 90 minutes each week. He's the type of player that we need now with injuries. And I wasn't surprised to see him start last night. Um, Adam says, needs to, we need to ship out before we ship in on the mini shake-up. Some not performing. Bowery uh, especially. Um, I don't know what's happened with Jordan Bowery. Um, again, he'd be another prime example. He was, was Ill. Ill. Who's it? Yeah, Ill. he was he was ill and he's just kept him being ill. But then now he's you know, he's just on the he's mm. just outside the squad again, you know, because he's picking the players that he's got using at his disposal, if you like. So he's just on the edge. But I mean he's See, not ill now. That for me just sounds like a system, like a, a tier rated system where if you you know you're in the eleven and then you you're in then you're in the squad, and then if you're ill, you drop out. You've got to start again and sort of work your way back up like a continuous thing. If you're one of the key players, uh, Clive, you should should be in there. Jordan Bowery, if he's fit and available, 
Why is he not in the squad? Because for me, he's another one that can play all right in a couple of positions, probably arguably better than what Aikens can. I mean, no disrespect towards Aikens uh, with that. But also, we're talking about having a, a front three and leaving Hawkins at the back. Barry is the prime one to go in the middle and, and get goals with Oates and Swan either side. That's another good option. Why are we not utilising that if he's fit and available, if this cough or cold or illness is, has disappeared? Well, if, if he is fit um, and he doesn't pick him, then it's a certainly a, a evidence, if there is any, that it's he's out of favour. Um, and, and Clough does seem to have players that go out of favour. Um, mm. But what you don't want is players out of favour in a squad of 19 professionals. You can't afford it. You've got to have everybody available. I'll tell you what, he'll struggle to fill the bench at Warsaw because yeah. of the injury situation and and other things. In fact, anybody who's signed on the books to get the boots polished for for, for uh, Sunday. But we uh, going back. I mean, we uh, you know I'm a big critic of the recruitment that's happened on the on Clough's watch. And you know, if you look at the most recent evidence of that, you've got um, Hartigan and, and Wallace, and you've got uh, Aikens, none of whom are or Boateng, none of which have actually proved much. And I'm the biggest defender of Aikens, I have to say, because I think he gets a lot of unfair stick. But, you know, he's capable of having a really bad game as well. And uh, But he, he only stands a chance of shining when he's put in the right position. So we're back on this question of where do you play your players, where they're best. And we, that's not always the case. So somebody said earlier, we, we, I think it was Alan, we needed, uh, uh, perhaps we need a striker and we need another defender. Well, you know what will happen? We'll get another midfielder. Um, hmm. <laughs> probably somebody who was injured, <laughs> uh, but we, <laughs> but he, I'm being cynical there. The, I have to say this, and it's, it worries me because uh, there's a terrace rumour uh, at the moment that Lapsley's on his way to Derby in the window. Now I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's just bullshit. But if it's not, then we've got another issue because last last night both goals came from him, supplier, uh, hmm. and on his day he's as good as anybody you'll see in this league. Um, now you see, I don't, I don't want to fuel the rumor mill. I, I haven't heard that rumor. Um, I've heard whispers that he might be on his way out. He's one of the few that haven't signed a contract extension. But this is for me where the club it, it's a dangerous one because he is, I believe, in the last part of his contract. Um, so if we are wanting to cash in, then we, you know, we've got we've paid a bit of a fee for him. We've invested in him over the last couple of seasons or so, if he wants to move to a higher level and we decide to sell him, I don't necessarily have an issue with that. Yes, I have an issue with losing arguably one of our top three players as long as that budget is then reinvested. And in that in that term, I don't mean Lapsley goes, we bring one in. Lapsley goes, we bring two in and we, we better our... We better and we have a little bit in reserve. It's like... Trying to save, you know, you know, selling selling the car to get a little bit of pot of money in, in your back pocket. You know, you've you've got rid of what you wanted, and you've got a little bit in reserve. And I think you always have to look to build. And if we were to sell him and just bring him one in light for light, that's not progress. But selling him and then bringing two in and having a little bit of money in reserve, or selling him and getting a very very good price for him, which can be invested over the next two or three windows, Nick, is where Mansfield Town need to be as a recruitment and transfer model yeah we should be i think the issue we've got if i was derby i'd uh, you know if this this rumor the only place i've really seen is on social media but 
I just I just wait. I'd say, look, Lapsley, this is the contract we'll offer you. Hang around for six months. They don't really need him, and then we'll pay nothing for him. You know, I think we mm. if we wanted to get a fee for him, that was the summer was the time to sell him. But I've got a feeling he will start. Everyone else seems to have done. You know, you look at the the players alongside him. You look at Oates. I know we kind of struck while Oates was vulnerable when he just got injured, and it was probably the best move we've made really. Because I think if uh, an Oates who scored 10, 15 goals maybe doesn't sign a contract, but an Oates yeah. who just got injured and was thinking, oh dear, I don't know how long I'm out for. Um, you know, I think that was a really good bit of recruitment business. But if we are going to look to sell, I think we need to wait. Before, uh, we need to do it sort of earlier than the last six months because Lapsley could now just decide, well, I'll get a bigger wage if I just wait. Um, but I don't get the feeling that he's a player who's going to run off. He took the gamble to drop a division to join us, didn't he, in the first place? Um, yeah. So I don't get that feeling that he is going to disappear. Um, and it'd be another sign of, of, of how players feel about the club and moving forward if he does sign because a lot of the others seem to have believed in what the club's doing because a lot of those have signed new contracts. So, you know, he'd be the first one to, to leave on a free that we've actually wanted for a while, I would suggest. I, I can't remember, you know, it used to happen every year, didn't it, where a player who we really wanted left on a free. It doesn't seem to happen as much since, um, you, you know, David Sharp's been in and they seem to be signing players up that we want more regularly. So hopefully he'll sign. Um, but like you say, if, if he doesn't and we get a fee for him, then it's got to be reinvested into something that we actually need, be it a centre-back or a striker. Absolutely. We're going to talk transfers more uh, in our next episode of the podcast. Once the window is open, we might have a few murmurings, a few more comments from Nigel Clough to uh, dissect. But of course, this is the final episode of 2022 and it is titled uh, That Was 2022. So what better way to, to, to do that than by uh, looking back on the year as a whole now? So in the comments, if you're watching the live feed, feel free to let us know your highs, your lows, your uh, expectations for 2023 even, what you've enjoyed, where you've enjoyed going, anything related to the past calendar year, um, and we'll, we'll get involved in that. Now, controversially, let's uh, light the touch paper and see what happens here, Clive. Um, it is the end of the calendar year, but not the end of the football season, and I emphasise the words very, very carefully indeed. Floating around at the moment on social media and on the club's website as well is the vote for Player of the Year. Now, if you are doing a vote for Player of the Year, surely every single player that has played a part in the calendar year, regardless of whether they're at the club now or not, should be eligible for the vote, yes? Yeah. And if that's not, if that wasn't the intention uh, of the author of the, um, uh, of the poll, then he should have written it differently. And he could have said... Uh, player of the season so far, or he could have said player of 2022-23 um, so far. He didn't. He left, it's been left sort of ambiguous. And certainly pedants like me will say, you can't do that. You can't only put the players from the 2022-23 squad on your poll because there are players that would have perhaps merited an inclusion who were with us at the in that period from January the 1st, 2022, till the end of that season. And you'd have to think about Bishop as being one of them, for instance. So yeah. I, I make it a bit of fun and I don't want to make a heavy weather of it, but if you're going to do it, do it properly, lads. Yeah, and, and to be fair, the club have done that as well. Um, they've not put they've only put current players on. They, they should have put all players on if you're going to do a, a yearly vote. Bit of a, an irrelevant uh, nitpick though, isn't it, Alan? Because, of course, the, the obvious winner is Elliot Hewitt. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been my vote as well, definitely. He didn't have a, didn't have 
very good game yesterday. Funny enough. I was going to say his misplaced passes was quite a few yesterday. You know, very unlike Elliot. Yeah. Maybe, may, maybe Nick. The problem is Elliot Hewitt heard about these awards and he's a shy person. <laughs> thought I need to do something to bugger up my chances. Yeah, I, I think what we should have had in brackets was like a uh, Stephen McLaughlin first half of uh, end of last year in brackets, and then this season because they are completely different players. That vote yeah. is a is a very strange one, as Clive points out. Some of the players for the last half of last season were unbelievable, and this year have been terrible. So I'm not quite mm. sure whether. You know, people would say Maka, but that would that would be purely based on January to May. It couldn't possibly be based on sort of August onwards. So yeah, it was a strange one to uh, to then not see the likes of Bishop, etc. I mean, Oates was the same. Wouldn't the Oates? If you'd have ended it in May, Oates could have very well been the winner of quite a lot of people's. Oh, yeah. Um, but now, Steve. if you base it on August to now, you'd be crazy to vote for Oates, wouldn't you? You wouldn't give him mm. a look in. So very strange poll. I find it a very weird, um, yeah, concept. Is it just a case of? Um, Slightly journalistic desperation at this time of year. I don't know. Probably, it's, it's, yes. it's called filling content, but not thinking through filling content. Which uh, again, we, our podcast must be rubbing off on people because we've done that for the past six seasons. Uh, right, uh, we're <laughs> going to do uh, our uh, end of year quiz, end of twenty two quiz uh, shortly. But uh, we're going to get your views on twenty twenty two as well from all the panel. But before we do that, uh, Nick, your part of twenty twenty two will of course be in becoming a more regular feature on this podcast. You always change the the shirts in the backdrop and things like that as well. And like we said at the top of the show, you've uh, gone with a, a rail of selection from shirts worn in 2022. So I'm going to hand over to you. Let's talk through your collection. Talk to us a little bit more about the games and uh, the manner in which you, you came by the, by the shirts. Um, well, they, they weren't all worn last year, but they're all players who... Who played for us this last year, if that makes sense. Um, so that one is O'Toole's from the, if I spin it around, O'Toole's from the um, Salford game on Sky at the end of last season um, when we drew 2-2. A um, couple of strange bits about this, I suppose it's different. Um, I believe, well, on the fans' version, I know that the badge is an actual badge. This is just material. So that makes it slightly different to the, the fans' version. And for some reason, they didn't put the racism... Um, badge on here for that one game but we wore it every other game since but I believe that I haven't got one of this season's away shirts which is the same shirt but I believe the players now have an actual badge but I haven't got one so I do need to get older one of them but that was John Joe at all from the game this time as well um, but this particular one is James Purchase from the Scunthorpe away game was it 4-0? I want to say 4-0 yeah. um, it was the one where we were 4-0 up and then decided to absolutely stop playing football for the last 30 minutes and probably could have had eight. Um, uh, yeah, and that technically almost cost us promotion because goal difference that day might may well have come into consideration if we'd have. Yeah, it was, a, it was a crazy. It was a crazy game that was. We were four yeah. nil up and could have been ten, but then we just decided to just switch <laughs> off completely. Um, and then I've got. I wanted one of Quinn, so I've got one of Quinn's. This was. Um, I got this from a fella I met in a car garage. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no hotels, no, no um, service stations. This was a car garage, but I wanted one of Quinn's, so I was quite pleased to get one. Same shirt from Barry, but different year. Again, on my weird obsession with shirts, the only way you can tell what year it's from, because it's the shame shirt, is the racism patch, which is on a different side of the badge, which, you know, I know, but it's it's not very exciting. Um, and then one of the, the big man, Jordan Bowery, um, that was from the season where he was top goal scorer, which is two seasons ago. Um, yeah. I think that was the COVID season. The way I got that was, because I'm a bit stalkerish, um, if anyone who's dealt with me knows this, a fella, it was Jordan Bowery's birthday, 
and someone put happy birthday Jordan with a picture of his shirt and within about two seconds I'd messaged him saying here's an offer for the shirt will you sell it and he said oh yeah I will do because he sponsored him during Covid that's where I got that from um, and then this one I'm still trying to find out whether Steck ever wore this my dad is adamant that he wore it when he played did he play in a, a youth final or was it the um, I can't remember was it the county cup I can't remember there was a final that we got to last season and Steck yes. played for the young lads the not, not senior cup final senior yeah cup. Oh, yeah, there you go. So my dad is adamant, but we cannot find a photo. Now, he has got mud on it, um, but he never wore it in the league. He, uh, what, If you remember when he celebrated on the pitch against Northampton, he had this very shirt in his hand. He was wearing the shorts, but he had this in his hand. Um, but again, I'm, I'm pleased with this one because I quite like goalkeeper shirts. Um, but that one, um, that one I managed to get through the club. But the rest of them, that was from a Scunthorpe fan, that one. Um, and then, yeah, that, those two, that was from a car garage and that was from just a fella who... By mistake, posted a photo that I saw, and then that was it. So basically, if if you're posting a picture of a, a match worn steak shirt on any social media, Nick Don't has got it. like a Google alerts on there, and he'll be messaging you within minutes. Now the steak thing, um, I would I would potentially be on the side of you with this one because we went to see a couple of the games in the not senior cup, and I can never rem- remember him wearing. Um, a, le- a league shirt, if you like. Yeah. They always just had the one to. They yeah, just had the, the numbers ones. on the back. Nobody had the 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 names or anything. Yeah. Um, and I think he may have worn. He definitely worn the orange shirt, but yeah. I can't remember him wearing one with his his name on the back. But I could well, um, could well be wrong. And yeah, it's definitely issue. I got it through stuff at the club, but it's 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 definitely issued to him. And he signed it, but mm. I, I I don't think he's wore it. Although it does seem to have some sort of mud on. Whether it was worn by somebody else and they put them, I don't know. But um, yeah, so I just, I just tried to find <coughs> play and, uh, played this season. I've got I've got Sturk. I've got Burke as well. I'm trying to think of what else I've got from this year. Sturk and Burke. Um, Sturk and Burke. Um, yeah, I've got those two. Uh, weirdly, we saw Ryan Sturt came to watch Stags when I went to Rochdale away. I don't know if you saw him, Craig. He was sat at the back of the no, stand. I didn't. He was no. sat behind my, me and my dad about up there. And we turned around, my dad went, That's Ryan Sturk. I went, No, it's not. Don't be stupid. Of course, it's not Ryan Sturk. Why would it be Ryan Sturk? And I turned around and I saw him. I thought, I saw we need another, you know, holding midfield player. <laughs> I thought, That's so, <laughs> that is so peak Nigel. Do you know Thor. what? Do you know what, though? If somebody offered me Ryan Sturk. Versus Boateng and Hartigan, I'm taking Ryan Sturk. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Without a shadow I mean, of a doubt, mate. Without a shadow him. of a doubt. I'll give yeah. you that. He had something about him. Um, and I'm telling you now, if he didn't get injured last season, he'd have played a lot more games, and I think he'd have been a lot more influential. So at the start of last season, up until probably this time, maybe the end of November, he was the player of the season for me yeah. last last season. He was unreal. But there you go, great collection of shirts. I'm sure you'll pick up many more in 2023 uh, as well, and we look forward to seeing them. Now, 2022 as a whole, Clive, uh, let's have your um, your review of uh, the Stags' progress and things you've done following the club, that sort of thing. Uh, your 2022 review. Well, what has to be said about 2022, if you take it as a year rather than two half seasons, is we've had an absolutely storming year. I mean, if you put the two together, we're in promotion form. Obviously, the first half of last season let us down and we had, were on catch-up and eventually got some momentum and finished like a train, apart from the last obvious game. Um, and then uh, this season, we are better than we were at the same period last year. So if you combine the two together, actually, if it was a season, we'd be very, very happy with it. Um, but the reality is we've gone in and out of form. 
and uh, that nothing's truer than that than this season. How many games have we played? Twenty three. You know, yeah, we're at we halfway point now. Yeah. That's right, and and uh, we haven't had two or three games together where we've been consistent, either consistently good or consistently bad. To be fair. And the fact that we are not playing as well as we would hope they should be playing and know they can play, and we're still in a fairly solid uh, uh, playoff place, is is very good news. Uh, and I think uh, I, I I turn into 2023 off the back of 2022 more confident than I entered 2022. So that's despite all the criticisms that I and others about recruitment and about injury-prone play, and Clough's negativity and all that sort of stuff. Generally speaking, 2022 is a good year and you write it off in any other way. It'll be one to look back on with fondness, I think, Alan, more than anything else. You know, a brilliant start, so, such trajectory to get to, to where we got. There were a few iffy games, a few uh, iffy moments, but it gave us a trip to Wembley. We were so close to sealing promotion um, to League One and you know despite us not playing great this season in the, the second half of 2022 so to speak you know we are in a, a good position it's certainly one we'll look back on if we were sort of writing a letter to ourselves in the future with uh, with more fonder memories than uh, than otherwise Yeah I'd agree with that Craig uh, I wasn't lucky enough to get to Wembley for Various reasons, but uh, I'm sure you enjoyed looking at your podcast with yourself and Cam. You looked like you were doing when I was sat by the beach. Two things that remind me of 2022 are two signings, and that's Christy Pym. And I'm sure one or two people will probably slay because whenever I've seen those two play, mainly when they played for Exeter, I thought what quality players that they were. And I think. Pim has proved that. Tang has yet to prove it, is he? Didn't he? And he's, you know, come back and he's been in and out of the team. And like Nigel said yesterday in his comments, that, you know, he's been out of form, same as one or two of the others. But I honestly believe that that kid, that bloke, will come good and he'll be a very good sign in for Mansell Town. Without delving into uh, what we've spoken about in the previous 45 minutes, Boateng and a 4-3-3 will be absolutely fine. Uh, right, let's uh, yeah. delve into uh, testing your guys' memories. Um, it's time to oh. talk all things That Was 2022 with uh, the uh, annual That Was 2020 insert year here quiz. I can't remember for the life of me who won it last, last year. Probably Nathan. Uh, but Nathan's not here. Not here, and we will have a new champion. Uh, there are 10 questions all based on 2022. You guys at home can play along if you wish to do so. I'll give you the answers at the end. And there are lots and lots of points to be won because there are um, a number of bonus points up for grabs um, as well. So uh, we will um, we will see uh, we'll see who goes on to win. Right. Eyes down, we're ready for question one. Here we go. 2022 didn't actually kick off until January the 8th, as the New Year's Day fixture was postponed due to COVID. Who were we supposed to play? And then you can win up to three bonus points here. Bonus point number one, 
In the rearranged fixture, what was the full-time score? Bonus point number two, who scored for the Stags in the rearranged fixture? And bonus point number three, what was the date of the rearranged fixture? <laughs> so question one was in 2022, didn't actually kick off until January the 8th as a New Year's Day fixture was postponed due to COVID. Who were we supposed to play? And then for bonus points, in the rearranged fixture, what was the full-time score? Who scored for the Stags uh, in that game? And what was the date of that game? Question number two. Thanks to David Sharp's boat trip, the Stags signed Matty Longstaff on loan from Newcastle United. But what was his favourite biscuit? Thanks to David Sharp's boat trip, the Stags signed Matty Longstaff on loan from Newcastle United. But what was his favourite biscuit? Question number three. Our trip to Forest Green Rovers was abandoned due to heavy fog on January the 18th. After numerous stop-starts, how many minutes were actually played on that fixture, on that night? And for a bonus point, it was also my birthday that day. But what birthday was I celebrating? This is a real test of friendship. Good luck. So question three, our trip to Forest Green was abandoned due to heavy fog on, the, on January the 18th. After numerous stop starts, how many minutes were actually played? And for a bonus point, it was my birthday that day, but which birthday was it? How old was I? Okay, I'm gonna give you a couple of, uh, a little bit longer on the next question because there's lots of bonus points to be won for question four. A goalless draw at Harrogate ended a winning run of how many league games? A goalless draw at Harrogate ended a winning run of how many league games? And then, for bonus points, name the fixtures and the results. So you get one point per correct fixture and one point per correct results. And I'll give you uh, a couple of minutes to do that. And whilst they're doing that, I just wanted to say to you guys at home, obviously 2022 with the podcast, we've seen a great growth in you guys listening and watching and getting involved. So thank you so much uh, for doing that. And thanks to also as well for sticking with us in the latter part of 2022. You know, we're under no illusions that the first part of 22 was due to a couple of things. I had a little bit more access to the dressing room back then um, with the commentary thing. We were putting interviews and commentary highlights in to the show. Um, and, you know, we were also on a trajectory on the pitch, which saw more and more fans come to watch the game and you know that does impact on, on the podcast but a lot of you have stayed with us um in the new season despite those things sort of falling off so uh thank you to you for doing that uh, really really do appreciate it if you know any stags fans tell them to listen to the mansfield matters podcast and make sure you subscribe to us on spotify apple podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and like our social media pages as well so question four was a 0-0 draw at Harrogate ended a winning run of how many league games and for bonus points, name the fixtures and results one per one point per correct fixture, one point per correct results. Question five. How many clean sheets have Mansfield kept in 2022? Don't worry, I don't want you to name the clubs that we've uh, 
kept them against. I just want the number. How many clean sheets have Mansfield kept in 2022? For question five. <clears throat> question six, get your tissues ready. The Stags reached the playoff final, beating Northampton over two legs. Name every player to feature for the Stags across both legs. You get one point for each, and you get double if you get all of the players. So the Stags reached the playoff final, beating Northampton over two legs. Name every player to feature across both legs for the Stags. <coughs> Let's read out a couple of more of your comments whilst we're doing that. Uh, Roger says, we deserve what we got in the last 12 months. Outplayed in the playoff final. Not quite good enough for a top three place at the end uh, at, at the minute. Who knows what will happen in 2023. We can only hope we can be more consistent. Top three is a must. If it's the playoffs, we will bust. <coughs> Question seven. The Stags have played Derby County twice in different competitions in 2022. Who was sent off in the Carabao Cup defeat for the Stags? So question seven, the Stags have played Derby twice in different competitions. Who was sent off in the uh, Carabao Cup defeat? Question eight, sticking with Derby. Name all the players who scored in the penalty shootout in the Pizza Cup. And for a bonus point, for bonus points, one each, one per name. Name the players who missed. So I want the players who scored and I want the players who missed. <coughs> I'll give you two points per player who scored and one point per player who missed. A reminder as well that the next Mansfield Matters podcast will be after the Warsaw game. Make sure you stay tuned to our social media for all the details you need on that one. Question nine in the uh, end of year quiz. In, tw in 2022, how many times have the Stags played away at Barrow? <coughs> in 2022, how many times have the Stags played away at Barrow? And question 10. In which year did Mark Cohen release the anthem of last season, Walking in Memphis? In which year did Mark Cohen release the anthem of last season, Walking in Memphis? And for a bonus point, in the UK singles chart, what was its peak position? Do any of you the biscuit question? Well, there you go. Uh, does anyone need me to run through the questions, or you're happy with what you've got? <laughs> no and no. Any <laughs> points? No problem, Craig. I can assure you. Well, let's find out, shall we? Yeah. 
The an it's answers time. In 2022, it didn't actually kick off until January the 8th as the New Year's Day fixture was postponed due to COVID. Who are we supposed to play, Clive? Steven Nick. <coughs> Incorrect, Alan. Crawley. Incorrect, Nick. I put Scunthorpe, but I've got no clue. It was Rochdale. Oh. There were some bonus points to be won, though. Oh, it's bonus points if you don't get the answer right. Doesn't matter, because you could still get the answers right for the bonus points questions, couldn't, can't you? I suppose so. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and the first one was, in the rearranged fixture, what was the full-time score? It was a 1-0 win. <coughs> I didn't even attempt to guess that. Uh, I guess right. <laughs> who scored for the... So you get a point, so what are you moaning at now? Who scored for the Stags? It was Jordan Bowery. Yeah! <laughs> Quality! <coughs> Unbelievable. And the, and the date of the fixture was Tuesday the 22nd of March. Um. Now, if you've got that right, Clive, you've Googled it. <laughs> I haven't got the months right. Never mind the... <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Why well, Nick, you were, conf you were confident with this one. Question two. Matty Longstaff's favourite biscuit was? I think, was it custard cream? It was the custard cream. Give that man a point. <clears throat> Question three. This is going to test some friendships. Forest Green abandoned due to heavy fog on January the 18th. How many minutes were played, Alan? Was it four? It was four. Well done. Clive. Yeah, I said four. It, Clive, it was my birthday on the day, but what birthday was I celebrating? 63. <laughs> That's me, can I, Clive. Can I have a second guess? <laughs> 30. No. <laughs> no, you cannot. Uh, Nick, what did you put for 20, it? 27. Me and you can be friends, but you are wrong. Uh, Alan? I'd actually got 24. Really? Yeah. Here you are, I'll have these. 25. I was there, it was 63, Alan. No, I know. I know. When I, when I wrote it, I thought I'm a little bit out, but I'm sticking with 24. I'm not Are you going to give this to the nearest, dear Craig? Oh, here we go right. again. Oh, no. I'm asking. I'm asking. Right. everything right. that's wrong with this quiz. What, what, what did you write down, Clive? 30. Nick, what did you... Uh, I, I wrote 27. You know what I wrote. Alan? 24. Yeah. Alan wrote 14. <laughs> He's trying to win some points. <laughs> I'm not going to give it to the nearest. No, it was 31. What? I want to stick on the nose. 31. Yeah, <laughs> I, I accept that because the quiz compiler's word is final. However wrong it is. Uh, so just just for, just write write it down while you're there. 18th of January, 32nd birthday. Birthday cards accepted. <laughs> Preferably we're cashing them. <coughs> um, uh, question four: A goalless draw at Harrogate ended a winning run of how many league games, Nick? I wrote five. Second and Alan, nine. Clive, six. Eight was the correct answer. Oof. And the clubs we were looking for for a bonus point, Oof, one no. point per correct club, were Crawley. Carlisle, Salford, Hartlepool, Swindon, Warsaw, Barrow, and Leighton Orient. Oh, I'm happy with that. Got two. I got four. <laughs> well done. And the results. And the results. And you do have to match these to the game. Crawley was a 2 1 that. win. Do you get a point for each result? Yes, you do, yeah. Crawley, 1 2 1. Carlisle, 1 0. 
Salford 2-1, Hartlepool 3-2, Swindon 3-2, Warsaw 2-0, Barrow 3-1 and Leighton Orient 2-0. Well done if you got them. What was Barrow? 3-1. And Orient? 2-0. Alright, thank you. Question 5. How many clean sheets have Mansfield kept in 2022, Clive? 14. <coughs> Alan? 8. Nick? 9. 19 is the correct answer. Oh. Wow. Uh, the Stags reached the playoff final for, for six, beating Northampton over two legs. Name every player to feature across both legs. One point for each. You get double if you get them all. Uh, Nick, I'll let you go first. Name as many as you can. So I've gone four. Longstaff, O'Toole, Bishop, McLaughlin, Hawkins, Oates, Lapsley, Quinn, Stirk, Hewitt, Gordon, Wallace. And then my memory decided to run out. Well, let's go through them. Bishop, Perch, O'Toole, oh, McLaughlin, Maris, Longstaff, Quinn, Murphy, Bowery, Oates, Wallace, Sturk, Aikens, Hewitt, Hawkins, Lapsley, Clark. Well done if you got all of them right. <laughs> On to question seven. The Stags have played that, Derby sorry, twice. Sorry, Craig, is that a point one. for each one you get? One, per, one point per correct player, and if you've yeah. got them all, you can double your points. Yeah. No chance of that. <laughs> so, say, how many players have you got for doubling? One, two, doubling, three, three four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 is you need. Two off. Not bad. You've got uh, advanced, question. Gellin. You read them out. <laughs> yeah, it's a long while. Yeah, just... <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, uh, question seven. The Stags have played Derby in different competitions. Uh, who was sent off in the Carabao Cup? The answer was Jordan Bowery. Uh, question eight. Sticking with Derby, name all the players who scored in the penalty shootout in the, uh, in the Pizza Cup. Two points per correct answer if you got B's names. Will Swan, George Lapsley, Elliot Hewitt, James Gale, Ollie Clark, Ollie Hawkins. Two points Ooh. per player. Beautiful. Eight. And if you uh Will miss one. He did? Who yeah. else missed the other? Two points for that, is it? One point for oh. the players who missed. Okay. I can't think of other one. I know I know Law missed one. The other was Lucas Aikens. Aikens, oh. yeah, I got that. Yeah, so one point for the ones who missed, two points for the ones who scored. In 2022, how many times have the Stags played away at Barrow, Clive? Three. Correct, three is correct. Yeah. And question 10, in which year did Mark Cohen release the anthem of last season walking in Memphis? The answer was, Nick, what did you put? Well, I think I'm at this disadvantage of being the only one who wasn't born when it came out. Um, I went for 76, but I have no idea. Alan? I would have said 68. I have no idea. Clive? 76. Mark Cowan's version was released in 1991. Oh. I still wasn't born. <laughs> um, oh, and for a bonus point, in the UK singles chart, who was, what was its peak position? The answer was 66. Can you believe it? <laughs> no. 66. 
If he'd have been walking uh, in Mansfield, it would have got higher, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because walking in Mansfield was a, a was a hit, was it not, Alan? It was indeed. Was it? <laughs> Nick, um, you need to go on a little wormhole trip down our YouTube channel, my friend, and find think, Alan's Alan's expert version. I think I do. I don't know about it. Expert. Is it is genius? Uh, right. Um, let's have a little look what we've got. So, um, Clive. Add up your points and let me know what you got, please. Just doing it now. Nick, have you added yours up? Yeah, I think I've got 32. Okay. You've got mine. Yeah, go on then, Clive. 27. Alan? 29. So we have a new champion in Nick. Oh, well, done, Nick. Well done, Excellent work. Well Excellent done, work. Uh, Alan, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a couple of minutes uh, thinking time. I'm going to uh, grey you out. You'll still be able to hear us, uh, and I'll bring you back in when we need podcast predictions. But, of course, I started the show tonight with a little ditty. I think it's only fitting, you being the ditty king, that you try and write a little on the spot ditty about 2022. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put you uh, into the new, about 2022 in general, um, and we'll let you uh, say that at the end. So I'm gonna pop you into gray for a second. You'll still be able to hear us, uh, but we won't be able to hear you. So you can speak out loud and do whatever you need to do. Okay, so there we go. We'll pop Alan out for a second. Um, just give us a little thumbs up, Alan, if you can still hear us. So I know that, I, that you're still there, perfect. Um, we are going to move on very swiftly to uh, podcast predictions uh, because we do have a new leader now. Double points for December um, has really shaken up the podcast predictions um, charts. And for Warsaw, because it's 2023, we are going to do a one game only triple point. So treble points to be won. Um, and we'll see who's going to go in a second. Here is the top 10 of the podcast predictions table. In 10th place is Nathan Edge, 25 points. Then it's Kiwi Stag and Kathy Holmes on 26. Roger King on 27. JS on 28 along with Alan Wilson. Adam Crump, Steve Nadin, David Shetlife and Clive Parkin, all joint leaders on 29 points. Hey. Well done. I'm, I'm just outside the top 10 in 11 on 24 points. The Mansfield Matters leaderboard looks like this. Uh, Nick, you're bottom of the leaderboard at the moment with five points to your name. Cam then in fifth with 19. Me in fourth with 24. Nathan in third with 25. Alan in second with 28 and Clive leading the pack on 29. Uh, we've scored 130 points between us on the Mansfield Matters Mini League and 485 points have been scored so far with everybody that has been playing. So thank you to everyone who has played along so far in 2022 with podcast predictions. Uh, it is now time to turn our attentions to all things Warsaw. Clive, you are the leader of the pack. So for triple points, let us know your prediction, if you please. 
it'll be a draw. One all. Sixty. Sixty minutes on the hour mark. Uh, Nick, I'm going to come to you next. What are you going to go with? One all as well. One all as well. I'm going to go forty-one. Forty-one. I am going to back us uh, to win. I think we'll continue our winning streak. I think we're going to win 2-0. And I think the first goal will come in the 49th minute. Let's bring Alan Wilson back in briefly just to give us his podcast prediction for Warsaw away, Alan. Mansfield Town, 2-1 win, 30 minutes. Excellent. We'll let you carry on with your little ditty writing for uh, a couple of minutes. Um, we'll give you a couple of minutes on that. As always, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, you need to do so uh, via the link in the description. You must do so no later than uh, one hour and one minute before kickoff on uh, Sunday as the Stags head to Warsaw. Right. Uh, that's almost it for tonight's show. Um, before we go, though, Nick, I'm just going to pad for a couple of minutes to give Alan some time to finish his little ditty. What are your final observations on 2022 and what are your hopes, dreams, ambitions for Mansfield Town in 2023? So 2022, I would say, agreeing with Clive earlier that we entered the year in a bit of a strange way, albeit we were winning, but we were you know, reasonably low down the table. I think you could sum it up saying so, so near yet so far. I think one game away. Uh, but ultimately, I think when we all knew when we got in the playoffs, it, it was probably likely to end how it did. Um, the hopes for next for this season are just to avoid the playoffs. We really don't want to be in there because we're not. We know what happens when we get in the playoffs. It's never worked before, um, and I don't think it'll work this year. So we, we we need to get automatic. But I do have a feeling that one of those three um, may drop out. I can't see all three of them sustaining it for the rest of the season. So we need to make sure we're the next one ready to. Uh, to line up, and I hope he signs a centre back and a striker, and plays, and, and gets Clive as his new assistant in the dugout and plays four three three. Clive, uh, that's more of a hope than anything else. Well, he's a, he's of the age. Uh, Clive, um, <laughs> finally from uh, from you, what has been your highlight and your low light of twenty twenty two? On a whether that's on the pitch or off the pitch, wherever you want to go with it. I think the highlight has generally been that. Um, we, we had a, a good year in terms of results, although it was split into two seasons. And I think we had some joy in the FA Cup at Doncaster and things like that. Um, low light, really, was if we managed in one of the two games against um, Hartlepool to preserve a two-goal lead, we'd be promoted. It's as simple as that. That's the perfect way to end it. Uh, Nick, Clive, thanks as always for taking part in the Mansfield Matters podcast. We'll hopefully get Nathan back on once he's uh, figured out an internet connection in the next couple of weeks. This is the last time, by the way, that you'll see this backdrop um, from uh, the old Mansfield Matters HQ. We are about to uh, uh, shift out and uh, go elsewhere. Um, we'll get Nick back on as well. Cam will join us at some point as well. Uh, but the final words of the Mansfield Matters podcast, uh, uttered live, go to the man, the myth, the legend, the Diddy King, Mr. Alan Wilson. And uh, to put me on the spot, Craig, it's not one of my better ones, but here goes. Stags in 2022 were getting a lot better. Nigel's playing positions. Please stick to the letter. Podcast is the way to go. Everyone join in. 
predictions are the future, and I'm sure that Clive will win. Alan Wilson, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as always, uh, thanks so much to the Mansfield Matters panel for getting involved. Thanks to you for watching and listening as well. Here is the last goodbye of 2022. got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast thanks as always to the Mansfield Matters panel for getting involved and of course to you guys at home for listening as well thanks also for your tremendous and phenomenal support throughout 2022 the podcast has grown and grown and grown and as you know my personal journey with doing the commentary at the start of the year getting to the high of Wembley and then not being able to do commentary this season and dropping back down has affected me but doing this podcast has really kept me going so I just wanted to say thank you very much for that let's hope that 2023 can be a successful year and the Stags can finally get over the line and get into League One I'm sure we'll talk much more about that in the new year as the transfer window opens and much, much more in between. It starts on New Year's Day with a trip to Warsaw. Make sure you're following all of our social media channels to find out when we're next going to be live. And of course, don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. That's it from me, from Nathan, from Cam, from Alan, from Clive, and from the honorary member of the Mansfield Matters podcast panel now. I think we need to get him a fully signed up membership card now of uh, Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. We'll see you again on the other side in a brand new year where we keep following the stags. Why? Well, because no matter the year, no matter the date, no matter the time, no matter the division, Mansfield always matters. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.